I want to ask you a personal question. Do you read my newsletter, Leadership Forward 321? Because if you don't, I really think you'd like it if you like this podcast. Every Wednesday morning, I send a short newsletter designed to help you lead your organization more strategically and with less overwhelm in five minutes or less. The newsletters are organized around a timely leadership theme and give you something practical that you can apply right away in your organization. I include three of the best articles that I've come across on that theme, two concrete resources or tools that I believe in, and one quote to inspire and motivate you. So if you don't yet get the newsletter, I'm going to make it super easy for you to sign up. Just text the word IMPACT to 66866 and you'll be added to my list. Thanks. Hi. Welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community, to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. So today I'm starting a short series on powerful planning and more specifically, the architecture of a truly effective strategic plan. I think this is such an important topic as we head into or navigate, head through planning season and really start thinking in earnest about next year, what our plans are, what our goals are, how we wanna show up as leaders and organizationally. Most of you, if you are regular listeners, have heard me talk about how important I think a strong strategic plan is as a guiding document, both a long-term strategic plan and an annual strategic plan. So I thought I'd spend a few episodes really breaking down or zeroing in on what I mean by a powerful strategic plan. What are the core elements or the architecture of powerful planning? I'm going to start today by talking about a vision map, the guiding vision that should be the sort of organizing framework of your strategic plan. And I will talk about goals and I'll talk about strategies in later episodes. But I, I want to kick us off today by talking about the why and spending just a little time explaining why I think this is such an important topic and then how you can craft a guiding vision to serve as the, the lighthouse for your strategic decisions. So you'll know you have a good strategic plan if you actually use it to make strategic decisions. If it is a document or a tool that actually guides your decisions and your actions, who you hire, where you expand, who's on your board, which programs you sunset and which you lean into, which funders you approach, which donors you make that extra little effort with, even which fundraising events to have and which cultivation events you're going to invest in, which systems you set up inside your organization, literally everything, what you say yes to and 
actually probably even more importantly, what you say no to derives from your strategic plan. If you can't use your plan or you find you are not actually using it, you probably have a well thought out list of activities that you want to accomplish, a great work plan. But an organized list of things you plan to do while perhaps a great work plan is not a strategic plan. A strong and effective strategic plan, whether it's your long-term plan or your annual plan, has certain key elements that make it strategic. It includes a clear guiding vision that serves as a lighthouse, your destination. It's the impact that you ultimately care most about. It includes an articulation of your core priorities. These are the areas of work that you will focus on. These are the containers within which the rest of your plan will sit. It articulates clear goals that, although I hate <laughs> jargon, that are smart, right? They are specific. They are measurable. They are time bound. These are the outcomes to which you'll hold yourself as an organization accountable. That you will track these, you will measure your progress towards these goals. And it articulates your core strategies, your how. These reflect, in essence, how your theory of change is going to show up in your work on an annual basis in a way that is in alignment with your priorities and goals. Now, when done right, there is a clear line of sight from your vision all the way through to your daily tasks. And it's incredibly powerful. If you're a regular listener, you've probably heard me talk about sharpening your ax. The idea that I, I'm pretty sure it was Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if he was the first one to say it. Definitely not the last, but he said, if you give me eight hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first six sharpening my ax. Well, a really good strategic plan is the sharpest axe you'll have as an organization. It's the anchor for your annual plans, for your budget, for your strategic financing or fundraising plan. Chopping down your tree, or in this case, stewarding your organization, gets exponentially easier when you have a really good plan. So that's why I'm focusing in this episode, in the next few episodes, on what that looks like. And I'm starting with the first thing first, the guiding vision. I think one of the things I've realized in working with nonprofit leaders for so many years is that when you don't have a really clear vision, it can have actual serious practical consequences. So many of the folks that I work with wanna rush past this and get to the activities, right? What are we going to do? Things like visioning maybe feels fluffy for folks, but I'd like to argue that the vision is what lays the foundation for everything else in your plan, right? Without it, you can look up five, six years from now and not recognize, or even worse yet, not like where your organization is. You look around and you realize you spent a lot of resources pursuing things that actually aren't about the outcomes you care most about. Burnout is real, people. Plateauing is real. Running out of money is real. I've experienced all three, and I've worked with dozens more leaders who look up and don't recognize their team culture, 
don't like or feel supported by their board. They're running 10, 12 little programs with small sort of fractory impact instead of one or two or even three programs that could be changing the world. And the underlying problem with all of these is a lack of clarity of vision so that they're actually able to filter opportunities to stay focused, to consolidate and aim their resources and to align their growth and decisions with a clear and desired future. A couple of years ago, I was asked to advise the board of an incredible organization that had grown very quickly. They'd gotten a $500,000 grant for their first year and a second for their second year, and they had ramped up super fast. They'd hired an amazing team. They had proof of concept for their core program, which was in the arts and social justice space, and they were racing to catch up with their growth. But they asked me to work with them because they were also fracturing. There was a lot of team turnover. There was an increase in board disengagement (laughs) or um, increasingly disengaged board. So there was a growing resentment between the executive director and this group of people that she'd worked so closely with throughout the early stages of growth. Everyone felt like they were burning out. And the word that I heard most commonly was flailing. They felt like they were flailing. So here's where I focused with them. They didn't have a clear or compelling vision of where they were going, of where they wanted to go or who they wanted to be. They were really used to being responsive and that had worked. They were so happy that they were getting funding for the things that they were doing well and what they had learned in the sort of early fundraising growth years was that iterating and innovating and being responsive towards sort of what was coming at them as most exciting to their donors and funders that that was the key to growth but because they hadn't articulated their own collective vision for what the organization would actually be for how they wanted to move through the world the kind of ultimate impact they cared most about. What was actually happening as they were growing is that their focus was fractured, their attention was diverted, their resources were spread over way too many projects. They were hiring people that didn't have roles and jobs that were aligned internally that fit together. They had so many opportunities, they really didn't know which direction was right and which wasn't because they had no mechanism for saying no to the wrong things, they were saying yes to everything. And that was destroying them as certainly as not having money would have. So what do I mean by vision? Now, when I talk about clarifying your vision as an organization, I tend to talk about it in terms of creating a vision map, right? A map is a document that you use to guide you in your travels. It makes your destination clear. Your vision map does the same for your future. When you think of a guiding vision in your strategic plan, I am not talking about one of those sort of pithy statements that goes on your letterhead or in your proposals. 
it's a much more robust document. It's multiple paragraphs, sometimes multiple pages. It is a clear, inspiring, practical, compelling description of your organization's future eight to 10 years in the distance. Now here's something that's super important about a vision map. Your vision is about the what, not the how. So many leaders that I work with make this mistake. They get caught up in the how. How will I get this funded? What staff will I hire? What will they do? They put the strategy before the vision. Here's the thing, vision always, and I mean always, comes first. The vision is the what, the strategy is the how, but the how doesn't make sense unless and until you know where you want to go. You know what your destination is, what it looks like, why it's important to you. Now at the beginning, you're probably not going to see all of the strategies that are required or that you're going to have to use to get to the what, to get to that destination. And that's okay. It's okay that it won't be totally clear to you how you're going to do everything. You're not crafting a work plan, which is an organized document of a how. You're setting a vision for what your future looks like. When you arrive, this is what our destination will look like. You set your vision first, and then you craft a plan. You identify strategies that are aligned with that vision. And when your vision is clear, when you really mean it, when it's exciting to you and your team, and it's compelling to your supporters, and you really believe in it, what starts to happen is you ask questions, you look for resources, you have conversations with certain people, you invite partnerships, all of these things that move you in the direction of that vision. Now, here's how you know if you're putting strategy before vision. If you start throttling back your vision, because the only path you can see is say the size of your budget or your number of donors or the current number of young people that you work with now. That's how you know you're stuck in the how. The reality is that a powerful vision will attract the right strategy. This is going to be something that you're going to share parts of with the people you're trying to hire the people you're attracting for your board, the people you're attracting as funders and donors, the right vision will attract the right people. And, and here's the part that scares some people, but it's actually really, really important. It will repel the wrong ones. It will act as a filter. So as you grow and you start attracting opportunities, just as this organization that I worked with did, they had all of these opportunities and all of these resources. You don't look up and get pulled into distractions because distractions often come disguised as opportunities. And so when you have a clear vision, when you have a clear destination, a clear picture of what it will look like when you arrive, then there's a way to actually tell the difference between an opportunity and a distraction, even when the distraction comes neatly tied with a bow and seems so exciting, your vision will help you say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. So one last thing about 
why a vision is so important and what I mean by vision. I used to get this a lot. People would say to me when I was running my organization, well, you're good at strategy or you're really good at partnerships or we've seen you and you're really great at this part of fundraising or you just you're just good at hiring a team. So that's why this is all working for you. That's why you're growing. That's why we're seeing the signs of success that we believe we're seeing. It must be easy for you because I can see everything is working. So here's what I always told them and what I say now with the folks that I coach and work with. The things that worked for me were the part of the iceberg that you could see above the water right? They were the outgrowth of all of the things happening beneath the surface. All of the strategies that I was trying, many of which did not work. All of the tough conversations I was having and the people I had to let go from my team and the awkward board conversations with people who used to be a good fit and weren't a great fit and the scary conversations I had with new major donors that's all beneath the surface, right? That was all happening under the surface. So you couldn't see that work. You couldn't see that hard stuff. But the key is that I've always been clear about my vision, about where I was going with my organization and about my purpose. And when that has gotten fuzzy, I've worked like hell to get that clarity back because I know, I've always known that if I have that clarity, it will give form and shape to everything else. So that all of the stuff happening beneath the water, right, the part of the iceberg that people weren't seeing, when I tried different strategies and they didn't work, I would go on to another strategy. When I had a tough conversation, that was based on my vision because my vision was always clear. It helped me move with more confidence through different strategies. It helped me know which strategies to actually invest in trying and which ones to let go of when. So how do you come up with a vision? Here's my recommendation for process. First, don't overthink the process. I recommend doing your own brainstorming and then bringing in your team, your board, your staff, other stakeholders as you really you know, see fit. This is where a CEO day, can be really powerful. I talked about that in my last episode. Giving yourself space to create your own vision map, just so you get your own thoughts and ideas out on paper can be really powerful. I have a couple of great activities that I use when I do strategic planning with organizations, and I will include them in the Architecture of Impact Toolkit, which you can get at richiebabbage.com backslash Architecture of Impact Toolkit. So there are four elements of your guiding strategic vision that I want you to think through. The first is, what is the future impact that we envision having? What will our organization be known for? What changes will it be making in the world? Where will our thought leadership be? How big of a presence will we have? Right? What's the footprint? What's the impact? And you want to describe this in detail. Right? We are known as the best organization for blank. We are helping young people do this. We are partnering with our alumni to do this on college campuses. We are supporting artists 
to do this in their communities, right? What does, what are you doing 10 years from now? What is the impact you're having? How has the world changed? Tell a story, right? Really describe it. If someone were to say to you, hey, it's today's date 10 years from now, describe your organization to me. What, what are you doing? What would you say, right? So what is the future impact? The second element of your vision map is what is the future you envision for your team and your board? Who are the kinds of people that you want to attract? What's the kind of culture that you want to create internally inside the organization? What do you want it to be like inside your organization? When you talk about we, right, your team and your board, what do you mean? How is that showing up? What does that look like in terms of your compensation structure, your benefits package, your cultural values, how you meet, how you work together, how you celebrate one another, how you support mastery and innovation and support failure, right? How do you work together as a team? Who are the people and why? The third element of your vision map is what is the future you envision for your programs and work right what does the work look like in practice what is the nature and scope of the work you're doing are you working in partnerships are you working with government are you doing direct service are you changing policies how are you doing your work how is your theory of change showing up do you have four programs or 10 programs are you national are you local have you gone deep have you gone broad right how are you doing your work and then finally the fourth element of your vision map to think through is what is the future of your network of support how are you bringing in resources who's funding you what types of people are supporting you? Who are your advisors? Who are your ambassadors? Who are your partners? Right? Who are the people in your broad structured network? And I've talked about how important I think it is to constantly be growing your and structuring your network of support beyond just donors and funders, thinking about mentors, thinking about advisors, thinking about ambassadors. So in the future, right? in your vision of your future organization. How robust is this network of support? Who's part of it? And why? Now, as you brainstorm all of this, remember that this is a creative process. It is a process of creation. You'll have to suspend your disbelief and allow yourself to imagine a future that's bigger and better in the world than where you are right now. You're not looking for something incremental because you don't have to figure out in your vision map how you're gonna get there. You're looking for something that is bold and exciting and inspirational. Something that's a little bit beyond your reach, right? That stretches your organization, that ignites your imagination. One of the powerful ways to use a vision map is as an organizing framework for garnering support, right? You share it with people, stakeholders that you are trying to bring along on your journey. And so your vision has to be inspiring to you, to your team, to your supporters, 
The biggest test for that is this. When you answer these four questions and address these four elements, the future impact, your team and your board, your programs and your work and your networks, do you get excited about this future that you're envisioning? Because if you haven't bought into it, then you can't sell it and you're gonna need to sell it. You're gonna need to get buy-in for the vision. That's one of the reasons that a strategic plan is so powerful. It's a tool for getting buy-in from staff, from board, from donors, from supporters, from advisors. Your clear vision for where this organization is going, what you are stewarding the organization towards has to be compelling. You have to be able to get buy-in for it, which means you have to buy into it. It has to feel good and right and exciting to you. How do you do that? Well, that is where the priorities and the goals come in. They create a through line from your vision to your daily tasks. And you take this compelling vision and you use it to inspire people to get excited and to go on this journey with you. And you do that by translating the vision into clear priorities and clear goals. So in the next episode, I'm going to walk through what that looks like, what it looks like to articulate your core priorities based on your vision. So I hope you will join me back here next week for more Mastermind. We will keep going down the rabbit hole of creating a really powerful plan. If you'd like more hands-on help, the amazing Ria Wong and I have launched a new collaboration called Fund Your Strategic Vision. It's a 12-week video training program with some live coaching sprinkled in, and it's specifically focused on helping nonprofit leaders get clear about their strategic vision, priorities, and goals, and then get them funded. Strategic planning and funding. You can learn more at link.riawong.com backslash fund. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash Leadership Forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.